Well, hi, everybody. It is really great to have the opportunity again to share in our annual You Count celebration. I am here. That's our theme. And we're going to turn immediately to a rather strange and frankly disturbing story that we find in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 16. You know, there are some parts of the Bible that I just don't like because they're difficult to wrestle with. And this is the story of Abraham, a man of faith, together with his wife, Sarah. And um, what they do is frankly terrible, but God intervenes. So here's a reading from Genesis 16. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms. And now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abraham said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarah, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarah, he answered. Now, in response to all of this, the angel speaks blessing to Hagar, and then this is what she says in response, verse 13. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For he said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Just a, a week or two ago, Kay and I had the joy of uh, sharing a meal in the home of a delightful couple, uh, Timberline family, Craig and Andrea, together with their children, Zoe and Joel. They are missionaries working uh, with the Chi Alpha program in the CSU or on the CSU campus. And we're, we're eating our dinner and then suddenly Zoe, who's blessed with the most gorgeous smile, she whispered to me, she said, uh, let's play hide and seek. And uh, she then proceeded to tell Kay and me precisely where she was going to hide. I imagine she didn't have too much confidence in our seeking capacity and so decided just to help us out. And then she uh, went once we found her, which frankly wasn't hard uh, because she told us where she was. Then she came up and whispered again. She said, uh, I can jump really high, you know. And uh, as she uh, told me that, I, I realized that uh, my response should not be, well, jolly good, I'm eminently excited about the possibility of an Olympic career for you and maybe a medal in the future for your high jumping capacity. I realized that Zoe wanted to show me how high she could jump. And so she hopped up on the couch, which caused me a few heart palpitations. Pastor Jeff and Kay come for dinner, children end up in the emergency room, and Zoe jumped up in the air and I applauded, we applauded and clapped and cheered her on. You know what she was saying? She was saying, hey, look at me. I wanna show you what I can do. She wanted to be seen, 
We all want to be noticed. It's a, it's a primal need in us. When we first take that wobbly ride on the bicycle, when we first successfully use the potty, as if I can make that rather challenging illustration, when we pass a, an exam, when we score a goal, we want to be seen. It's a very deep need in us. In, in fact, it's so much of a need that it can be corrupted and twisted. And so Jesus challenged the Pharisees with their pray and display spirituality. And he said, they want to be seen. You see, this need in us is so great that it can actually lead to something negative. We want to be seen. That's why this theme for our You Count celebration is I am here because it speaks to the fact that there are countless people who are trapped as victims of human trafficking and often they are not noticed. Their horrible plight is unseen. Now, let's remind ourselves again because this whole idea of human trafficking, for some of us, it, it's like, how does that work? What is trafficking? Trafficking is uh, about deceiving or taking someone against their will. It's about being bought, sold, or transported into slavery for sexual exploitation, for begging, for sacrificial worship, for the removal of human organs, for the use as child brides or into sweatshops or farm labor. It is a horrendous and a gigantic industry. And we can, we can throw our hands up in the air and say, this is just terrible human nature. And, and there's absolutely nothing that we can do. But that's not true. And that's what this You Count celebration is about. Not only is there something that we can do, but we have been doing it. So where does this rather weird story of Hagar and Sarah and Abraham, where does it all fit in with You Count? Well, first of all, let's see that Hagar is a living example of this challenge of trafficking. Because in, in modern terms, she was trafficked. She was a slave. And not only that, she was abused and commodified. She was used as a surrogate. And because she was a slave, she had absolutely no choice in that matter. And when she becomes pregnant, conflict arises between Sarah and Hagar. And listen to what Abraham says. He says, your slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. That's a classic example of trafficking. It's not about what you want to do. You'll be told where you'll go and what you will do. And unsurprisingly, Hagar runs. She manages to escape, but she ends up in a desert, a place without too many landmarks. And then look at the conversation between the angel of the Lord and Hagar, because the angel says, where have you come from and where are you going? And Hagar doesn't know where she's going. She, she simply says, she can only say, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. She knows where she's come from, from the household of her masters, if you will, but she's got no place of home, of settlement, of safety, no idea where she's going. Let me put it like this. Hagar is saying, where am I? And that's exactly what someone who's been trafficked is saying. Powerless, bewildered, threatened. Where am I? But then secondly, let's realize that this story shows us that we're talking about people and not just statistics. Because the angel says to her, 
Hagar, slave of Sarah, where have you come from? Now that's pretty weird because the angel is saying where she's come from and then asking where she's come from. The angel knows that she's Sarah's slave. She is affirming the knowledge of her history. Here's what those who are trafficked would say to us, perhaps cry to us. They would say, I'm here. Hey, look, can't you see? This is not just an issue. This is not just a crime or a statistic. I am here. This is not just about numbers, although the numbers can help us to see the scale of the issue and the problem and the crime, the atrocity. This is about people, boys and girls and women and men. We're talking about people. Thirdly, we see from this story our response that is rooted in God's heart because there's this marvelous meeting between her and the angel of the Lord. And it says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. It's very beautiful. You see, God was saying to her, Hagar, I see you. I'm here with you. I am for you. Let's understand that when we, when we make every effort to wipe out the scourge of human trafficking, that this is not simply social justice, although social justice is absolutely vital, but this is kingdom justice. This is not just us doing something that's good. This is kingdom business reflecting God's heart and passion. We read in Micah 6 verse 8, he has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We are told to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that word righteousness is not just personal piety. It's about things being done rightly. This sits right at the heart of God's priorities. Jim Wallace describes a graphic illustration of how the Bible has so much to say about the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized and God's heart for justice. A seminary student took a Bible and cut every reference to the poor and the marginalized and the oppressed. They cut those verses out with a pair of scissors. And that old Bible was hanging in threads. It wouldn't hold together, Jim said. It fell apart in our hands. This is biblical. This is God's heart, not just us trying to do something good. That's part of it, but it's way bigger than that. Well, the final thing is this. The final thing is our response. Here I am. The Bible is filled with people who changed the world, people like Jacob and Moses and Isaiah and Samuel and in the New Testament, Ananias. And a common thread in those stories is that they came to a place of making themselves available. They said to the Lord, here I am. I love the story of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, uh, Isaiah is feeling uh, rather overwhelmed by his own uh, sinfulness and God sends an angel with a coal from off the altar of heaven, if you will, and burns his face. Very helpful strategy. And then God um, drops a cosmic hint because as far as I read the story, there's only God, Isaiah, and the angels around. And God says, who will go? 
who will I send? There's only Isaiah standing there. It is as if God is presenting an opportunity, a moment where Isaiah can say, I am here, Lord. I want to make a difference in obeying you. And that is exactly what we do. That's our heart through you count. We've been saying to countless people who found themselves in the desert land, the wilderness of trafficking. We're saying, you feel lost. And you've been saying, where am I? But through you count, we're saying, we see you. You're a person of great value that God loves. And here's the news. God sees you too. But then we don't stop there. We don't just see, but we respond. We say to God, I am here. I'm available. We're here together as we give, as we pray, as we speak up, as we partner. We step up. We change lives. We've done it. Let's keep doing it. In Jesus' name.